Welcome to the Mental Health Boot Camp Podcast. <laughs> That's how it sounds synchronized, everyone. <laughs> this is the podcast where four psychotherapists, four of us Canadians, zero of us Americans, serve you cutting-edge mental health knowledge. I am Dr. Ryan Howes in Port Moody, Canada. What? Yes, he is. And I'm Dr. Brooke Lewis, also, or sorry, a registered clinical counselor. You didn't say a psychologist. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, Also in Port Moody right now. And I'm Joanna Boyd, a psychotherapist, uh, sitting with these guys in Port Moody. (laughs) I'm Chris Boyd from Pasadena, California. (laughs) (laughs) Now in Port Moody, too. We're all in the same room. We are. deal. It is a very big deal. We're in the same room. Um, I'm, I made myself honorary Canadian just because yes. I'm here for now, but I'm not really. During Canada Day weekend. It was amazing that just so happened that planned this trip up here to visit my friends and colleagues and landed here on Canada Day. Indeed. What an amazing celebration you guys have up here. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Ryan. Everyone's truly happy to be Canadian, it seems like. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. For the most part, yeah. It's uh, a great country in lots of ways. Uh, yes. Far from perfect, that's for sure. I was... A lot of Canadians are building awareness of our whole process of reconciliation mm. uh, with our indig- Indigenous population. And also, uh, I, I'm sure it's the same down there, of course, just the polarity when it comes to the pandemic as well. So we've actually felt quite divided up here as a nation but uh, a lot of great awareness and conversation discussion coming from that yeah you guys were mentioning that at the because we went to a big kind of community celebration for this and and a lot of people wear red like in honor of you know being canadian like i think in the states we might wear red white and blue that sort of thing um but there's also is it, is it orange that some people are wearing mm-hmm. in like solidarity with the indigenous people mm-hmm. joanna would you like to speak to that yeah, it's, um, I think there's, we've had, uh, there's an Indigenous People's Day as well as a week uh, kind of honoring and uh, spreading awareness about just Indigenous um, folks and their rights, but uh, orange is the color to kind of promote awareness and that's become extra prominent the past couple of years with some of the findings of mass graves and such in Canada and so there's a, there's some orange this Canada day. Um, mm. and so, yeah. Okay. Is it, is that, I'm going to go too deep into this, but is it a divisive point? I mean, there's some people who are like, no, we shouldn't support the indigenous people. There. Oh, um, hmm. I don't know if I can speak to that. I think there just seems to be folks who are happy to continue celebrating uh and that's not out of malice and then i think there's folks who want to cancel canada day and then i think there's mm. folks who want to just try to do a bit of everything and try to figure out what they feel and think so yeah i can't speak to mm-hmm. what the vibe is out there too much but i don't know if you guys have a comment oh just the, that was just an interesting way to ask that question yeah. i think was my automatic reaction was like well no i don't I don't think I know personally or have heard of anyone not wanting to support the yeah. First Nations yeah. um, community and everything going through. But at the same time, there's some people who maybe don't understand or want to cancel Canada Day or sorry, continue with Canada Day celebrations. But sometimes that's read as not supporting 
but their intention isn't to be unsupportive. If that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Anyways, that was an interesting way to put, word it. I just, I throw that out there because if, I guess in a sort of similar comparison in, in the States would be like Black Lives Matter. Um, and then people who are kind of, kind of in opposition to that being all lives matter. And so they would say, well, we shouldn't just, you know, so there's a lot of heated politics on both sides. Right. Um, but it's, I guess it's nice to hear that you don't have like an opposition to supporting the and recognizing the experience of indigenous people. Yeah, I, I have a sense of opposition to that. I think everyone is quite impacted by, Joanna mentioned finding these mass graves at these residential schools. So again, we don't have to get into the history of it, but it's pretty brutal, a lot of abuse and trauma. Um, but I think people would be opposed to the idea of canceling Canada Day and not celebrating Canada Day. So um, they, I think that would be more of the topic of discussion, right? Mm. How to proceed Got it. with this knowledge and how to move forward. I will say everyone was having a great time and it seemed like a lot of fun. Yeah. There was there was some singing of the national anthem. There was some people just yelling, of, "Proud to be Canadian!" It was really fun. Uh, yeah, it was some good times. So uh, yeah, for those listeners and watchers, we were down at a, a local park, um, and they had festivities. So there was live music and like food trucks and beer gardens and dueling pianos and all that kind of stuff. But uh, I think it's safe to say it was the most people that any of us have been around since pre-pandemic. So there was lots of people in close quarters and it, it threw me off a bit. I don't know about you guys, but still a good time. Yeah. Like I've been to concerts since, but this is just different because it's loud. Like you're not all just sitting watching something. Yeah. It's people are walking around. Yeah. Everyone, all varying degrees of silliness. Yeah. And inebriation. inebriation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Probably a few thousand people yeah. shoved into a park. Yeah. So the dueling pianos were taking uh, requests, and it was great stuff. Uh, Elton John and and a few other Canadian acts, Canadian acts, <laughs> and uh, the Eagles, something like that. <laughs> and, and you could you could I guess email them if you had a request. Yeah. It seemed like, and uh, and at one point, the one of the piano players said, "Oh, we've got an email from an American, not me, an email from an American saying." Oh, you know, happy to be here for Canada Day. Will you play something American, like American Pie? And I was like, Oh, that is so American. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's such so. Hey, everyone, thanks for having me to your Canada Day celebration. Let's bring some America into it. Yeah, yeah. And it's they a big, sang it. It's a big hit. Everyone sang it. Yeah, everyone sang it. It's a good song, but we're very wild. Canadian about it. Yeah. Let's support your decision to sing this song. Yeah. Everyone together. Let's all go. Yes. Very influenced by our neighbors to the South. Yeah. Well, and Bye Bye Miss American Pie is a great song. It is a great song. It is a great song. Yeah. Well, well I was going to say for our listeners, I'm sure if you've been following us for a long time, this indeed is our first time recording a podcast together in person, but it's not our first time hanging out in person. So I don't know if you're just coming on to this. It sounds like we've never sat together, maybe. But uh, right. Yeah. But this is our first time seeing Ryan in three years. In about three years. Yeah. Like right. January 2019. So almost three and a half years, actually. That's a long time. That is a long time. Yeah. It's been a long time. 
I'm happy to be among you guys once again. Yeah. Fun. And not on a screen. So for our viewers, we are all on the screen. Yes. Hi. That's good. We also had a bit of a break from our podcast for about uh, three or four weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, For a month. Lots uh, of traveling happening. Mm -hmm. Other things popping up. So it's nice to be back connecting. Great to be back. Well, uh, tonight we, or today, we have the opportunity to do our, finally, get to do our book club, which has been in the works for a couple months now. It's true. Shall we pause? Let's pause. And at least in the audio version, you will hear Joanna's theme song for the book club. Go. just never gets old it doesn't it's great <laughs> never gets old. so the book that we've been talking about for months about yes. talking about it uh, is the book cast yep the origins of our discontent origins of our discontent uh, uh, an oprah book club selection uh so let's just open it up Woo! <laughs> So for uh, listeners who haven't read it or acquired it or seen this book, it's, it's quite a long book, um, just for starters. And yeah, so it, essentially, I, I don't know, I guess the summary is that the writer is making a case for um, the U.S. to actually have a caste system and compares it to other caste systems. She's not advocating a, a caste system. She's, she's saying declaring, that we already, yeah, she's we declaring do, it. Uh, that there is one mm-hmm. and comparing it to other system casts in the in the world and in history um yeah heavy book it's a heavy like literally a big heavy book but a heavy read emotionally and psychologically as well absolutely she talks about how she can she's comparing the uh the system the issue issues going on in the united states with um with India and their kind of established caste system there and how it's you know, different levels of, of people who seem to have um, you know, more power uh, the higher you go up the caste system and how you're kind of born into that caste and there's really nothing you can do about it regardless yeah. of, uh, of what you achieve or accomplish in life you're still kind of part of that caste yeah. and she's pointing out I think she breaks it down in, in the United States at least is a caste where the, the white people are at the top. Um, there's like a middle cast of um, Asian uh, Asian Americans or upper middle cast, a lower middle cast of uh, Hispanic Americans, Latin Americans, and then the blacks being at the bottom and uh, you know, African Americans. And that's just, uh, as she said, that's just been established. And that's just kind of the, the, the system that's been uh, running for, hundreds of years now 
And even though we might think we've made a lot of progress, that actually we haven't made much progress on the caste system. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I must say there's definitely a lot of the book that was absolutely brutal to mm -hmm. I listen to it um, or to read, um, especially the lynching chapter Ugh. chapters was, um, mm -hmm. was awful, um, uncomfortable, right? mm -hmm. um, but important, I think, to, to read that or to listen to that. Mm -hmm. It's kind of part of history, American history, that's not maybe touched on as much as other things. So to hear those personal stories were mm -hmm. quite impactful. Yeah, I think it like like we knew that this stuff went on. Like you learn little bits about it. We didn't learn a lot about American history too much in school, but we had our own about you know um, these. I can't think of the schools, residential schools, and things for our indigenous population and how they were treated. And um, you know, we don't have our we have our own kind of uh, darkened history there and some things continue today but it's uh just the degree and the details to which you do learn about these things was heartbreaking and but anxiety provoking <laughs> for me I, I talked to these guys a little bit about it already but I was quite anxious after a couple uh very distressed after a few chapters because just thinking of how people are capable of these things and how normalized it was to mm -hmm. treat people so horrifically was very disturbing and I think there's, it made me think of like things for today in our cultures and things. So it was just, it was a hard read, very enlightening. This was, you know, you know, for we're all white here. And I want to acknowledge that this is not our history, but gosh, we were a part of um, this colonization and stuff, but just, it was hard to learn about this stuff. And it, yeah. Mm -hmm. Hard read, so very big warning there for people. If you're gonna read or listen to this, uh, it's a hard one. It's tough. Yeah. That yeah, quick graphic. Um, it's kind of. I had the opportunity to visit uh, Auschwitz in in Germany, and the author actually talked about Nazi Germany quite a bit in the book. Yeah. Making some uh, comparisons there, obviously with uh, the Nazis dehumanizing the Jewish people and. How they uh, learned a lot about what was going on in the United States and set up some models to to kind of do something similar with the Jewish people. Um, yeah, going to Auschwitz was extremely uncomfortable as well, and the graphic and you know just same same kind of feelings. Like how are we capable of doing something like this? Um, so it's kind of similar feelings there, but I think it's important to experience that though. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, the warning though, it's uh, you might want to do so in small doses, or you just kind of have to know what you're in for, I guess. Eh. That was one of the more powerful pieces of this when she lays it out. It really is kind of laying out a case for, mm -hmm. for the idea of a caste system. And as she's talking about the how Nazi Germany kind of rose and, and what their, their models were, they were taking, they were studying the way that the Americans were subjugating the, the minorities here and saying, we just need to follow what they're doing. And that is that is mind blowing for for me. Mm -hmm. Holy cow! We were the model for Nazi yeah. Germany. Well, in our minds, that's a huge thing in history. Oh, it's Nazi like oh, Germany. Yeah, but it's like actually like <laughs> we're learning from us. It was, yeah, yeah. It was, that was that was big. Mm. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, there's a 
she was definitely laying out a case for a caste system. And it seems like it was a very compelling case. And I think she made a very strong case and that that, that could be a factor. Um, she often mentioned that certain things are socially constructed. So even like class, I think she uses is a socially constructed term. I see caste as potentially in that same ballpark, but I think it helps build awareness. And uh, I think if you understand that this is a factor, then maybe that can help us make some changes moving forward, right? Yeah. yeah. I'd say if I had a critique of the book, yeah. it would be the fact that she she actually sold me on the caste system idea after the first chapter or two. Yeah, but she kept on revisiting it throughout the book. Yeah, right? which which is which is fine. But I'm like, oh yeah, you got me. I'm already sold. I'm yeah, really, she's really trying to get that across that it is a caste system. When yeah. again, I think it's a pretty compelling mm -hmm. case. I think if I had another critique of it, is she got right into the, the politics of modern day using some modern day examples in the first chapter, which is fine, you know, drawing some, some connections there. But I, my concern is it probably alienated a lot of folks, maybe south of the border, who mm. are more on the Republican side or conservative side, because the fact that she was bringing up uh, Trump and, and some of his politics, I, I have a feeling some people will say, well, I'm not, this is a more political book, I'm not gonna read on, mm. uh, if, which is too bad, because I think um, it's, an important book to listen to or read and um, but by going to political angles that early i think half the population may say you know what it's not for me mm. i'm not going to go there so another small critique just based on um, how she approached that it is a book club we've got to have our little critiques here there right yeah. mm -hmm. i'm not saying that she's wrong oh, i'm no. saying that uh you know some people like if they if they sense that it's as a political angle to it then uh they're gonna write it off right yeah um i'll, I'll say though that it's very nice that she she's a she's not a psychologist or a sociologist she's a reporter she's a reporter for the new york times or has been a reporter for the new york times and she had a lot of her own personal stories that she brought into this yes. of of you know being on assignment to speak to someone of of, of some importance or something and and then just overlooking her because she's an African-American woman and didn't think that she would be able to, you know, wouldn't be up the stature to work for the New York Times. Mm -hmm. And uh, there are many stories that she had about that mm -hmm. and just her own personal experience with being, you know, really feeling like the, the lowest level of a caste system. Mm -hmm. So it's a very personal mm -hmm. story too. Yeah, I thought it, yeah, it, to add to that, um, I thought she did a great job at then connecting the dots like, to say our current day racism isn't necessarily this super, like not to say racism is superficial, but that's the word I'm gonna use. Uh, it's, it's this much deeper, more complex byproduct of a caste system. And so if, when we're trying to take a look at that to see something in context, like there's so much more beneath it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I, that was a big takeaway for me. I, I do feel that after reading this book, I look at dynamics differently, whether that, yeah, racism and uh, culture and what's happened and poor people and what's coming into the room or um, persons who are maybe of white descent and how they're treating other people or their perspectives, their language. I don't know, I seem to be on more alert, like it really broadened or added another level um, mm -hmm. for my perspective on, on behavior. Sure. Yeah. 
we were talking about implicit bias before in this exactly. podcast, right? A lot of people are not aware of it, but yeah. Well, that's why it's implicit, mm -hmm. unconscious bias, right? Yeah. What is that? Tell me about implicit unconscious bias. Well, explicit would be you're aware of it, right? Um, yeah. So it could be more stronger views you have on certain things. Implicit would be more subtle, like walking down a street, maybe you hold your your bag closer to you when someone of color walks past you. You know, I'm not even aware of that, but it's kind of automatic, it's ingrained. Or you just feel more tense, or like your body tenses. Or yeah, where explicit bias would be you saying, well, I'm not going to consider this person for, I'm going to consider the white person for the job, not versus someone else, because mm -hmm. you know, um, get maybe because of some views you have mm -hmm. in regard to people of color. I, I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So the, the goal is to, of course, make those implicit biases explicit, right? So yes. build awareness of that. So, because we all have automatic thoughts that we don't, can't necessarily control. Yes. So having the automatic thought doesn't make you a bad person. It's what you choose to do with that thought, I think is what you got to work on. Right? The second thought you choose to have or try to catch yourself before you react a certain way that contradicts your, your values or your goals. So we all have them. So are yeah. you aware of them is the, the big question. The and how to bring them into more yeah. awareness and what can you do about that, right? The studies of implicit bias, um, there have been many, but I think some of the earlier ones where they would show um, show pictures to people on a, on a computer screen and have them hit a button, whether it's like good or bad, and have to be like really quick about that. Like, is this a good thing or bad thing? Or, mm -hmm. or is it safe or unsafe? But different questions that they'd have. And it would show, you know, inanimate objects, you know, a book, a microphone, whatever it might be, and then a white person. And then a black person, you know, something like, and they're trying to get people to answer really quickly and trying to see what is this kind of automatic response you might have. And, and based on some of that, that, that people would have a more negative response towards, towards people of color and oftentimes including people of color, which mm -hmm. shows, again, go to this cast idea of like, this is so deeply ingrained that, uh, you know, it's been kind of, built up in the culture from, from very early on. Yeah. Big time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think with this book too, I was looking for, again, strong case in terms of it's a caste system. That's, uh, she keeps on going back to that. Mm -hmm. And uh, so there is a narrative there. Um, but I kept on asking myself, okay, what are we going to do about this? What are we going to do about this? Mm -hmm. Or yeah. what's going to happen next? And uh, I think she gave us some ideas at the very, very end. Actually, it might have been the, is it the epilogue or after the last chapter? She talked a bit about some ideas. And she used a very powerful example, too, when she was connecting with that plumber. Remember that? Yeah. And uh, she noticed right away that, you know, just based on how he was dressed and maybe a certain hat he was wearing, that they had very different views on things. And uh, anyways, they... I think she's, she could sense herself kind of closing off a bit and getting kind of defensive. And, and she felt he was starting to treat her in a pretty biased way. But then they talked, had a personal connection, talked about a, a lost family member. And they, they connected on that level, but a more an emotional level there, being there for loved ones or grieving the loss of loved ones. And uh, it actually led to a very, a, a great uh, ending, I think. You know, I think he was a little more compassionate and. That's right. He was able to assist her, uh, help her with the, the issue at hand. Uh, 
So yeah, I thought that was that story kind of stood out to me in, in the book. Sure, more about finding our common our commonalities, our similarities, our common experiences, especially experiences with pain and loss and grief. Yeah, yeah. I think that really helps people to to see you know, we're not all that different, mm-hmm. and and especially when it comes to you know, skin color, that's just emotions are universal. People people know what loss and trauma is. Mm-hmm. I think there needs to be. Um... So this actually comes from, we had a a First Nations speaker at our work retreat, and uh, she teaches a course in cultural safety and humility. Mm. And I had never thought about the humility piece before, but it's such an important piece, right? So I think part of moving forward here is that there's a lot of people out there in the world that need to work on their humility, including myself, I'm certain of it. But just to say, hey, you know what, I, I need to see that, be more open and more curious and to understand this from a different perspective and to work on that piece. Because I think that there's still, um, like in the very beginning of this book, she talked about kind of the kickback that people have of, well, it wasn't me that did that. Mm-hmm. So why do I have to take care of it? And uh, she compared mm-hmm. it to buying a house and saying, well, you've inherited this house or you've bought this house mm-hmm. and now, and it's a hundred years old or 200 years old and the wiring needs to be fixed and the plumbing needs to be fixed and um, the insulation needs to be redone, whatever it might be, all these things need to be, you have to take care of the house though. You didn't build the house. You didn't have a commission. You didn't, yeah, pick the contractors, but now you have to, it's your responsibility now to take care of the house. And mm. um, our society is our house, right? Interesting. It really stuck with me because it was like, it's true. We did inherit this house. Um, what can we do to make it better? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. True. So, yeah. I like I, so I do think moving forward, there's going to have to be a change in perspective. I think that a lot of people are already making that change or have made that change. There's a mindset happening, like a shift there, a zeitgeist. Yeah. Throw that word out there again. <laughs> uh, but there is, I think there's a large population that hasn't made that shift yet. The awareness yeah I like i don't think we've hit like critical mass on that perspective shift. oh no yeah but it's like I, you hear it more sure yeah. yeah 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 i think there's been some subtle shifts there but um so yeah probably still a lot of work to, to be done of course mm-hmm. right yeah um back to Oshawa's my friend was there recently and there's a plaque outside this is uh I'm sure you've heard it those who do not remember the past are condemned to repeat it mm-hmm. and that can again maybe think of this book as well but mm-hmm. one thing I was pondering the other day was like I don't know if I don't think the Nazis knew they're being Nazis if that makes sense they felt very justified mm-hmm. in their actions they, they felt they're in the right and that kind of I have to think of today's society as yeah. well that um, I know the well, term Nazis is thrown out. Humility, yeah, though, like right? humility. To say but, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, but the Nazi that term is thrown out all the time. You're being Nazis. You're being Nazis. But they're on <laughs> either side of the spectrum. Sure. Yeah, it's um, true. But uh, again, that awareness and humility is so important. Yeah. Especially if you're getting called out, just to take a step back and say, "Am I? Is that? I need to take a look at this. Where's this person coming from? Yeah, reflect on it." Opposed yeah. to that automatic reaction of defensiveness or aggression or yeah. Yeah. 
when you said that, Chris, sorry, I just thought like Nazis may not have known there were Nazis and I'm sure there's little cases here or there, but it's also hard because there's outliers who did have issues with what's going on yeah. and they might speak up, but they may then be treated badly or mm-hmm. ostracized themselves, right? So it's almost like, um, I don't know, it's just, yeah, it's up to us if there's things going on to try to make changes or if there's, even if we're in the minority or to, I don't know, bring awareness to other people or to help teach each other, but you just have to be prepared. It's not going to be easy. But No, because again, back to what this book is about, the whole idea of caste, these, these underlying forces yeah. that are so ingrained yeah. in our society. So once, uh, so because it's the norm, it becomes mm-hmm. so common in people's minds, right? Yeah. So, but you're right. Yeah. I guess, yeah, I guess I just wondered if there, if there yeah. were people saying this is actually really bad and if there was just still Absolutely bad, or, yeah. you don't really you're the one in the wrong for thinking this is bad. I don't know. Anyways, I think that's a separate issue, but I just, you try to, I think you try to fathom how all this has come to be. And it's actually, you start to maybe understand that these recipes aren't so crazy to get people to doing these things, Mm -hmm. all the factors involved. For sure. She did a great job. The author did a great job of, of walking this idea all the way through to the current time, I believe, you know, and to, to current, um, you know, legal situations that, that uh, you know, the, the police brutality situations, things like that in the States. Yeah. And, and the, just the very different ways that, that some people are treated versus others, you know, what, uh, what a white person could get away with versus what, uh, what African-Americans have to go through. And, you know, I would hope that there's more awareness and more, uh, you know, this will help increase some more of the awareness that people have, but I do think that we've got a long ways to go still. Mm-hmm. Well, Joanna was talking about that. Uh, we all went for a hike yesterday and that part of the book had mentioned, like, what was it about the timeline? Oh, the enslavement. Yeah, that it, I think for the time for when all the enslavement stuff stopped and the, the rights were there and the freedom, like, it's going to take, I think, up to like the early 2100s until there's the equal amount of time that enslavement was over to when it, how long it lasted for. Mm. So as of right now, since it's been done, it's only a little bit of the time to which, because that lasted. I actually don't know. I think they probably stated in the book how long of a period that was, but it's now going to take us to the early 2100s until that's equal times. So it's like, it's such a big part of history. And it lasted yeah. so long where they haven't been, you know, the freedom there has. Hasn't and then I long. think freedom's debatable, like for us to even I, use exactly. that. Right? I know. I don't know what other word. You're like, sure. I, I agree. Yeah. yeah. I don't know the, another word either. Or like when things shifted. ended, but yeah, legislature maybe changed, but yeah. behavior didn't. Uh-huh. Maybe freedom, but not equality. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah. yeah the but, biases again. Yeah. Prejudice is still there. But like, yeah. So there's a long way to go. Totally. Yeah. And then we were also talking about, yeah, Ryan, you mentioned this right before we started, but um, got us Canadians thinking about our First Nations um, and kind of more about that. So it's, um, I took my first Indigenous course probably in college. And so that would have been 2002, maybe. A course about the history of the Indigenous people? About or? residential schools, culture conflict theory, okay. like Indigenous studies, First Nation studies. Oh. 
So I did a couple courses in 2002, um, but there wasn't anything in my high school really. There might be like little paragraphs in history, but not like units. Mm -hmm. And now we have like um, curriculum that is integrated into all levels of your education about history, First Nations history and things that have gone on there. So, um, which is great. So we've come a long way since 2002. However, there's probably still a bunch we do not know and whether or not Canadians actually have a caste system as well. Mm. Wow. So here's a question for you. Do you learn more about this, the indigenous people or do you learn more French? <laughs> when you're growing up, when you're in elementary school, right? Yeah. Oh, learn more like French. French history or like Just French language. French language. I mean, you guys, we've yeah. talked before yeah. about it. You guys... yeah. yeah, yeah. French is mandatory. You it's have to mandatory. Yep. Up to so until right. grade nine, yeah. eight, nine. Yeah, sure. I mean, I I see that tongue in cheek. Yeah. Yeah. In the states, there's hardly anything um, being taught about the history of slavery, and now that they're starting to push the idea of critical race theory, that's being opposed by a lot of people so so this stuff you guys are already far ahead of us when it comes to learning about the oppressed people there's a lot of resistance in the states to even learning about that we feel like we're already so behind yeah yeah we've got a long ways to go and just quickly even that elder who spoke with us she's who's part of the Canadian Mental Health Association and the cultural safety and humility they're actually teaching professionals is it doctors or um... there's a cluster of colleges so um when you're a certain profession i'm going to speak to the audience now when you're a certain profession uh or a cluster of professions you have to register with the college like physicians and doctors psychologists like a bunch of them physiotherapists all these different things um and some people have associations some people have colleges so the persons that have colleges they're making it mandatory you can't register unless you take this cultural safety and humility course. Interesting. It has to be part of your yeah. training. Huh. So those things are happening, which is great. But it's, uh, yeah. I like that. I like that, that humility, which is like a value, like a, you know, it's a character trait. We're going to teach you this, how to be humble, you know? Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Super important. Yeah. yeah. So. That's tough. I think there is a parallel parallel there. So for us in Canada, is there an indigenous population in the United States, African-American or black population? But uh, there's a lot of challenges there. There's a lot of suffering happening. And since it's so systemic and since it's been going on for so long, it's gonna take a little while to, to, to correct that, right? To shift that. Yes. So up here, of course, we have over representation when it comes to incarcerations and, and mental health issues mm-hmm. and addiction. And I think often there's a parallel down there with the Americans. And so, um, yeah, I think up here, again, building awareness back to, it's a, a huge first step, right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think all of us building awareness and talking about it and putting this out there. So let's, I know we rate books sometimes, right? Well, this one's gonna be a hard one to rate. This is a hard one to rate. A lot, lot going on here. Okay, I have a number. Should I put your put your coffee mug down and put, put a number in? Yeah, put a flash you have numbers it on at your the same hands. time. Oh, okay. okay. And yeah, okay. so if you have a 0. 0.5 or something, you're kind of screwed here. All right, ready? you're gonna have to bend your finger on three. One, two, three. Oh, eight. Oh, I did seven. Eight. 
887. Nice. 8887. How do you okay. do your eight? Exactly. You held it up that way and Chris did that. Interesting. Okay. Sorry. Is that a Canadian way to do eight? No, I just think it's a like... <laughs> Yes. Uh, I said eight because I really think it's a rich, important uh, work. Uh, it's an important educational tool. Um, I also, like I said before, I think it, it does kind of drill home the cast point a lot, which I already agree with <laughs> after the first chapter. And it is it is heavy. It's heavy stuff. It's mm -hmm. heavy emotionally. It's it's it's. I, I agree that it's not going to be accessible for everybody because there's so much there and because it's really uh, emotionally a heavy topic. So that's all, but I, I'm glad I read it. Great. Yeah, I said eight, I almost said seven. I was not confused my fingers, but I said eight. Um, yeah, I think it's a very impactful book. Um, it was an emotional book at times. Yeah. Um, it is what it is. Like she, yeah, trying to hit home the whole cast point. It wasn't exactly like a multi-varied approach to the topic. I think she had, um, she, she delved into one aspect of it. Um, but yeah, I think it's an important book it is. for people to experience. Yeah, I, I said eight. I actually don't, I think it's just a heavy read, but I, as far as in terms of the importance of that topic and that, as uncomfortable as it is, gosh, it's a big part of history for a lot of people. And so it's almost like, if this is the most uncomfortable, just us reading it, we never actually had to look oh, yeah. through this. It's like, I just, it probably could be a 10 just for importance of reading to just mm -hmm. be educated. Yeah. Honestly, I think we can't in that's that term. It's like, yeah, that's it's uncomfortable. Sense. It's hard, yeah. but this is so important to read. Yeah. So I, it, yeah, I can easily just change it to 10 because I don't, yeah, aside from it's just a, it's a heavy one. And yeah, I don't really have any critiques on it. Yeah. I just think it was, I, I couldn't actually get fully through it, full disclosure. It was causing me quite a bit of distress, but let's break it into little chunks. But again, I can't, that's not a criticism of the book. It's just maybe more for me yeah. to, yeah. So that's my issue. <laughs> yeah. It's not the book's issue. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think mine is echoed with the, like similar things to you guys. Um, I just gave it seven instead of eight, but it seemed like if we said how important is this book to read for people i would yeah. be like yeah like nine or ten like this is yeah important information um you're gonna grow as a person it's gonna be hard to read accessibility of it was a little bit tougher um yeah yeah like it's not gonna be for like a novice reader you are gonna have to be a, a bit of a stronger reader to get through the book as well right so yeah. uh but very very important read so yes so I, yeah for me i think it was just accessibility here we go yeah 10 10 for content and eight for delivery yeah, anyway. yeah that's a good way to put it mm -hmm. yeah yeah i agree yeah so what's our next book oh we didn't talk about that we didn't talk about this does anyone have an idea or should we discuss off camera and come back later we will discuss and on our next podcast we will come to we an answer. have an answer. Yes, because maybe I'm staying in Canada for a while. <laughs> Who knows? Have you guys heard of the airports? You might be like staying for a while. Airports are having a hard time, so we'll see. But uh, boy, fun to see you guys in person. So Great to be, to be here. 
nice to be nice to have the gang together again and i guess that's it for now so like and subscribe and all of those good things apple google spotify stitcher youtube podbean wow that's really good i think that's it yeah apple google yeah all those um and that's it for tonight so we will bid you a farewell Good night, everybody. Bye. 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 Bye.